Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Good morning, evening, afternoon, wherever you guys are. Welcome to Collider Dailies. I'm John Aldis, and joining me, as always, is, is Maggie Lovett. <laughs> okay. One of these days, that's not going to be awkward. I've figured out. Uh, so today, we've got we've got we've got a lot. But before we get into any stories, there is one thing that dropped this morning that I do want to at least talk about briefly. Yes. Uh, it wasn't able to make it onto the actual show doc. Uh, but it would have if it was released last night as opposed to this morning. And that is the Mad- the Madam Web trailer. Uh, I watched it. I wasn't super impressed, but I also didn't hate what I saw. Uh, Maggie, what are your thoughts? I'm so ready for this movie. I thought it looked really good. And maybe that's like my oppositional disposition kicking in where I logged onto Twitter and everyone's like, this looks terrible. And I watched it and I was like, this looks great. Um, but I, I think it looks really fun. Um, I'm never going to say no to a movie with my face twin Dakota Johnson. Uh, and it just looks fun. It looks like a, a, like a good you know, Marvel Universe movie. So I'm excited. It has a, a vibe that definitely hit with me. I will say I am I am at least intrigued by the idea of Ezekiel Sims as a villain. Me too. That would be, uh, be interesting to see. He's he's one of those Spider-Man characters that I don't think anyone ever talks about. So having him be in such a prominent role in a film, I think is going to be uh, is going to be interesting. I'm curious to see where that mm-hmm. goes. And not uh, to be totally on brand, but I was like, ooh, hot villain. <laughs> I knew you were going to say something about that. That uh, that honestly kind of weirded me out because I I uh, like when when I was first seeing the character, I was like, "Just not a hot villain." No, he's he's like an an old dude who runs around barefoot. Uh, like so, I was just I was horribly confused, and then they said his name, and I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, I was like, "Ooh, Yassified (laughs) Ezekiel Sims." Okay, I'm on board. Either way, I'm gonna watch it. Uh, you know. 
worst case scenario, it'll be probably at least better than Morbius. So like the bar is real low right now for Can me with ever beat Matt Smith project. dancing though. I mean such an iconic moment in a movie. Sure, whatever you say. Uh, <laughs> But anyways, to the actual news today, we're going to be talking about, uh, what is our middle story? Oh, right. Taika Waititi is not going to be involved with Thor 5, apparently. Mortal Kombat 2 is uh, officially in production. But before all of that, let's dive into the just mess that is the sag after debates over their uh, proposed contract which they have their the voting period i believe has started is mm -hmm. it did it start yesterday or something yeah like it started that? we have until december 5th to vote yes um there's a lot of discussion going on online and most of it is centered around the ai portions of the contract specifically the generative ai parts basically the thing that a lot of people are having issue with is based upon their interpretations of it they feel like it's going to open the doors for studios to basically replace background actors with digital people um that might that might be sort of doom and glooming it but i can definitely see where they're coming from maggie you are actually a member of sag after so I am. let's get your take on this yeah so i i definitely have takes on this uh one thing i do want to say just like straight out of the gate uh i don't think anybody should be telling any of the members to vote yes or no i think this is something that each independent member has to do the research themselves and not rely upon um biased threads from either side of this debate on twitter I think it is nothing but causing dissension. And that's obviously something that the studios want. They want us to be divided on this contract. Um, I definitely think that the AI parts of the contract are better than I anticipated because I definitely believe that this was going to be the make or break of the contract no matter what. And they've made some really solid points uh, in the, the meeting, the members only meeting earlier this week. And I'm sure they'll, you know, readdress this as we continue to have meetings with the membership. This was really something that it needs to be on the books now, because when we come back and you know, three years to do the contract again, if we don't have something established now, we're not going to have a ground to stand on. And sometimes you have to make those like, I don't want to say sacrifices because that's not the right word for it, but sometimes you just have to realize where you have to like make the deal. This is all about negotiation. So if they saw that there wasn't going to be any way that we were going to have anything on the books, there's a reason why this is what it is. And I, I do think it's not bad because it, it establishes what terms mean, which is really important in law. Like it, it establishes what generative AI is, uh, the differences between this and tiling. And there's also some stuff that I, I, you know, I have the entire 18 page summary, which is obviously not the 800 page document that they're working on. Um, it lays things out in a fairly easy to understand formula. And obviously this isn't like the final language. This is just the summary because you know, 99% of the membership are not lawyers. They don't know how to do negotiations. Those who do negotiations have people who do that for them. Um, and there's there's stuff in here that I've noticed that people have kind of decided to have it be like the hill to die on, um, particularly when it comes to background performers, uh, something that I am very familiar with, um, having done a lot of background work, where it talks about like there's exceptions to the consent 
which is for like post-production, like editing, arranging, moving people around, fixing up makeup flaws, um, adjusting lip movements for if they switch to a different language just to make it like easier for you to watch. These things already happen and we don't really have anything to stop them from happening. So I think the fact that we're defining them now, like this is something that we can't really put the cork back on. Obviously people who work in VFX and post-production move people around, um, they do tiling, they do all of this stuff already. So I personally think it's wild to see people like willing to die on this hill because this is already happening, but now we have it in writing and we have like some, you know, you know, reactions to it if they do things wrong or if they don't give consent. So it's it's definitely a complex uh, situation to be in the union right now uh, while all of this is going down because it's obviously something we have really strong opinions on. And I don't know. I, I think it's up to every single member to make the decision for themselves um, because there are a lot of really good things in this contract that are long overdue in terms of like intimacy coordinators. Um, making sure people have hair and makeup teams that actually know how to do their hair and makeup. Um, there's just a lot of stuff in here that I think is, is not completely worth the sacrifice of going back to um, the table and maybe not getting any of these things the second time around. And yeah. like, honestly, it's probably one of those things. And again, I'm not in the union, so I mm -hmm. can only, my ability to speak to this is, fairly limited but i wonder how much of it is people just their general fears and anxiety around 100%. ai in general um 100%. because ai like it's terrifying this, and if you don't understand it and if you also don't have a, yeah. any concept of what happens in post-production naturally a lot of the stuff would terrify most people i mean i've i know that i've certainly lost sleep over concerns regarding AI and our jobs. So like, you know, I, I totally get where some of these people are coming from. Uh, Mike K raises a good question that I think is, is a fair one to ask. Do you think December 5th gives you enough time to have an informed decision? Um, I would say yes, but of course that's, you know, personally speaking, I was under no illusions that we were ever going to see the full 800 page document that they're still actively working on uh, because one, none of us are lawyers, and there's a lot of stuff there that would probably confuse more than help. Um, I genuinely just assume we would continue to get really like well done summaries. I mean, they've already put out one, which is like a, an easy two page summary of just the artificial intelligence stuff. And then you have the 18 page summary of everything. And they've already said they're going to continue to add on to that. And they keep having both in-person and virtual meetings for people to ask questions. The email line is working really well. Um, the only thing that I could see being a hindrance for that December 5th date is social media. I think that there's a, a lot of voices both in the membership and outside of the membership that are um, causing issues and making things unclear. And we saw a lot of that during the strike as well. Those initial few weeks of people not knowing what they were allowed to do um, definitely continue to have like issues. So I think really it's it's a matter of listening to what is the the facts and not what are just people's like opinions which is always as we know with social media a very difficult you know thing to wade through 
this is this is a big discussion and is something that uh, we are going to be covering this more as it develops as we get closer and closer to that December 5th deadline. So just be sure to pay attention to Collider.com and also this show, Collider Dailies. We will be discussing this more in the future. So as things are going along, we will make sure to be keeping you as up to date as we can. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, now that... We've gotten what might be the most stressful topic of the day out of the way. That, of course, being the Madam Web trailer. Um, (laughs) Let's move into some of the like lighter bits of news with our next topic, which is that Taiko Waititi is uh, saying that he is not going to be involved with Thor 5. Uh, There have been rumors floating around that Thor 5 is in like the early stages of development. One of those sort of things where they're looking at what they might want to do with it nothing really being done and uh taika waititi was asked if he was going to have anything to do with it and he told business insider i know that i won't be involved uh that's pretty pretty straightforward he has a bunch of stuff on his plate that he is working on and he's just like you know what i'm gonna focus on that thor's kind of done for him it seems um how are how are how are we taking this news? Because I know that for me, I'm almost a little bit relieved. Yeah. I like I like Taika Waititi a lot as a director. He's done some fantastic stuff. Hunt for the Wilder People is one of my favorite films of like the last ten years. I absolutely adore that movie. Um, and I loved Thor Ragnarok, Love and Thunder, not as much. So I'm very much. I want to see him get and do other stuff, do his own thing, less than continuing with an MCU thing. But Maggie, how are you? Like, what do you think of this? I was like, wait, we didn't already know this? I thought that kind of felt pretty clear in like the press junkets post uh, uh, Thor Love and Thunder. Um, I mean, I love Taika. I think he's he's really um, an inspired filmmaker. Um, I wouldn't be against somebody like Kenneth Branagh coming back. And and doing some stuff because I also quite like Kenneth Branagh's take on that world. Um, I think with where things end it with Loki season two, if we you know have this you know eventual, I'm assuming something will eventually bring Thor and, and Loki back into the same universe. That definitely seems like something that's inevitable. Um, I I want a slightly more serious director and writer to take that on because I feel like we've reached a, a point of maturity with that story that some of the the humor um, that Taika is known for would not maybe handle it as well. Um, I- I think, said, me, I think I like I like the last Thor more than most people. So I really enjoyed it. I thought that the story was really good. I like that it wasn't super nihilistic. I like that it was kind of hope punk-ish. Uh, so I mean, that's not to knock the last one because I actually enjoyed it. I think for me, Thor: Love and Thunder, it veered too far into the humor. Yeah, and it very much it felt less like a Thor movie and more like a parody of a Thor movie. Yeah, I can definitely um, argument. 
like that that first opening sequence the first like battle where he's fighting with the guardians on that well fighting with the guardians more like he's showing up the guardians that to me like as i was sitting there in the movie theater i was like this feels like if snl was doing a bit making fun of the mcu this is what this would look like like it was it was one of those things where i was like this is meant to be funny but it's not funny yeah not not to like disparage snl that much i guess but it just didn't it didn't land with me um and i would like to see a little bit them to kind of reel that back a little bit mm-hmm. let's let's stop with this haha thor is kind of dumb humor let's get rid of that and let's let him be the character that he is kind of supposed to be yeah. um and i also think that it i have, i feel like it wasted uh jane foster thor just yeah, a little bit it definitely did that um but I don't know. That's I just like me. The, I like the kids storyline. I'm a big fan of kids saving the day. Um, so I did like the whole like B plot with the children. That was quite I did, fun. I did like that to, to a degree. I don't think I liked it maybe as much as you did, but I definitely did enjoy it. Let's maybe we should take this moment because I actually I did want to talk to you a little bit about your thoughts on the way that Loki season two ended. Uh, because I know that you have some strong opinions and I don't think we're going to get any other time to talk about it. So, uh, uh hit me with it, Maggie. How you feeling? So what do you think of it? <laughs> I'm very tired of this trope that has been prevalent in, uh, I guess mostly Western storytelling the last couple of years, uh, where everything has to end in sacrifice. Um, and, I think it started as trying to subvert expectations, but at this point, it's no longer subverting expectations. This is pretty much exactly what I expect from every single like anti-hero story at this point. Um, you're going to have, you know, I'm going to bring up Ben Solo. You're going to have Ben Solo just vanish into thin air. You're going to have like on Shadow and Bone, you have the Darkling's death. And then you have this with Loki turning into a tree. Um, And it feels really like just in terms of like Loki, it feels really counterintuitive to the story that they were telling. Like so much of Loki was about him no longer being alone and like having friends and having people who like actually respected him and trusted him and cared for him and loved him. And then to have him end up in complete isolation, completely cut off from them. And then them showing like, Sylvie and Mobius seeming completely unaffected by the fact that like Loki is now holding together the limbs of time or whatever. Um, To me, it just felt really weird. Like I understand what they were going for. And I think to a certain degree, it could have worked if so much of Loki's story hasn't been people telling him he's going to end up alone. Like from a storytelling point of view, if you continually have like a signpost like that, the goal is to then subvert that, not to just be like, yes, now you are alone. That's not how it works. Well, it's, also, think- it's really depressing. It's sad. The world is falling apart. We need happier stories where characters get to have some semblance of like joy and not just becoming a tree. <laughs> I understand. I understand what you're saying, but I feel like the subversion in that ending doesn't come down to necessarily the state that he finds himself in at the end but the reason that he finds himself there that's that's where i like i like that he made a sacrifice because that's very paramount to loki's entire arc within the mcu really but i guess it's just like the build-up to that felt very depressing 
and it was also in connection to some of the other issues where like Sylvie was such a wonderful character and she was very much nothing more than a prop this season. And I think seeing some of the stuff that like her actress has said about the like one female writer being like her lifeline this season, I yeah. think that says a lot about when you have a writer's room that's mostly men and mostly all the creatives are men, like the way that they view female characters like that really makes me annoyed because uh, she was like the brightest spot of season one and like a really cool new character in the MCU. So I hope she continues and I hope there's more female creatives involved in wherever her story goes. But yeah. I want to, I want to see Sylvie hang out with Thor. Yeah. I would love to, <laughs> would love to see like, that. If, if we don't get a reunion between Thor and Loki, I think Thor and Sylvie would be an entertaining encounter. They would get along really well, I think, because they would just be like, oh my God, did you, did you know that thing that Loki does? Oh my gosh, let's just like rag on Loki. And Loki's just stuck at the tree watching it happen. <laughs> I will say that like my, I, I enjoyed the ending. I, I kind of got what they were going for with the whole like, yeah. yeah, he winds up alone in the end, but he, he winds up alone for the people that he cares about, not yeah. for himself. Um, I appreciated that. My biggest problem with the final episode is that I feel like it rushed to oh, that yeah. point. Like, I feel like everything that happened in the last episode could have been like two or three episodes. Yeah. Like all together, yeah. as opposed to feeling like we're going from point to point to point to point to point. Okay. Here's the ending. Yeah. Like it just felt, it felt like they were, they were building towards it, but then they were like, Oh crap, we've ran out of time. We have yeah. to like real quick. Just well, it was like, I feel like they could, have, they could have cut out that whole subplot of Miss Minutes being like a crazy ex-girlfriend. Like that, that was, was funny, weird. but it was weird. And then it didn't really serve the plot. And there was like other ways that you could do that without, you know, playing into those kinds of stereotypes for female characters, even if it's a creepy Talk. animated clock. Yeah. Um, and then just... like not waste time building up, what they were going for that was just yeah and at least it's like it pulls from the comic books and like all of that stuff like i get why we reached the point we did like it's it's not like completely out of you know right wing or whatever it's like you're not pulling it off on the side of stage or something but i am i i will say and this this will kind of be my final point on this we've talked about this before i know just me and you but yes. i do i do definitely uh feel like this will not be the end of loki i know that wow. hiddleston is kind of like hey i think i'm done but i feel like if if everything that i believe pans out the way that i believe it's going to if they if we still do seeker wars because like at this point the future of what we're doing in the MCU seems to be like way up in the air. Uh, but if we do build the secret wars, I think that Loki filling the role of the beyonder makes perfect sense. And yeah. so I think that we will see him again. And I think that might be where we get his happy ending. Yeah. Um, Fingers crossed. Yeah. I think that, I think that would be a worthy payoff. Like having it having it end the way that Secret Wars 2015 did, where it's you know mm. he's he's helping the the Fantastic Four rebuild the multiverse, and maybe Sylvie's there too. Like maybe yep. she's hopping around with them. Like maybe that's maybe that's the ending for those characters that that they deserve. Um, I think that would yeah. be pretty cool. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, speaking of franchises, <laughs> moving on to our next topic for the day, Mortal Kombat 2 is in production. Yes, it uh, is. I'm not gonna lie. I forgot this movie was happening, um, which is which is kind of a bummer because I liked I liked the the most recent Mortal Kombat adaptation quite a bit, probably more than most people because I know that there were some people who were really not happy with it. Mm -hmm. um, I I will say that as a fan of Mortal Kombat, I wasn't 
the most thrilled because there were like changes to the lore that I didn't quite jive with, but I understand that they were making a movie and changes are necessary, but the film, the sequel to that is officially in production. We got some confirmation of that via Carl Urban's Instagram. He posted a picture of him hanging out with a bunch of the cast. For those of you who do not know, Carl Urban is going to be in the sequel and he is playing Johnny Cage, my man, my main, the guy who I play in every Mortal Kombat game that he is in. I don't know why. I just love that smug son of a bitch. (laughs) Do you like the casting? Are you happy with the casting choice? So I'm I'm torn because like obviously I love Johnny Cage and I love Carl Urban. I yeah. like I have never been disappointed by anything he's ever been in. Be it, you know, his role in the Lord of the Rings. I, I loved him as Bones in Star Trek. I even liked him as Cupid in Xena. Like Xena, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. I was like, I loved him as Cupid. <laughs> Like that's, you know, I've always enjoyed him. That being said, I don't know, like I haven't seen him yet play this like kind of borderline airhead, stuck up snooty Hollywood type. So I'm a little, to me, it feels like he's playing against type, which could be interesting. And, you know, I'm going to trust Carl Urban that he's going to bring at least something fun to it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I guess we'll just we'll just have to see. I, I am definitely excited to watch that film and see where they're going with it. Me too. Um, and hoping that we can see see more fatalities. That was that was one complaint that I had about that first film is that there were like there were like three people died and that's it. And I'm like, it's Mortal Kombat, guys. Like, come on. You heard it here first, John wants more death. <laughs> I, I, okay. In in context, <laughs> I'm not a monster. I just, you know. I'm the guy who, who when I play people, John wants more blood and guts in his movies. I don't need to be canceled over Mortal Kombat. <laughs> uh, I am the guy who, when I play a new Mortal Kombat game, the very first thing I do is I'll load up practice mode and I'll practice everyone's fatalities and just watch the animations. It's, it's like a weird visceral fun that I get out of it. Like you can't really blame me. <laughs> Our producer just asked, uh, Mortal Kombat is fun and all, but when are we going to see a Clay Fighter movie? Oh, God. <laughs> no, Adam. <Never>. No. Bad. <laughs> I don't know. Give it time. Somebody will probably want to adapt it. Uh, but anyways, that's all that we have uh, today. Uh, we got some some housekeeping stuff. Uh Maggie is going to be at Fan Expo. You want to speak a little bit about that? Indeed. If you missed yesterday's announcement, uh, myself and Arzu Amen of Collider are flying out to San Francisco next week to Fan Expo to moderate a whole bunch of really exciting panels. So you can check out our social media for those announcements. So if you are in San Francisco, get your tickets now. If you're nearby, get your tickets now. Uh, And be sure to like reach out to me on social media and let me know if I'm going to see you there because I'm really excited. I'm actually like majorly bummed that I'm not going to be there because that sounds like a fun time. It, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm thinking it's going to be like an absolute blast. So I'm hoping to see a lot of people because it's like, it's around Thanksgiving. So, you know, like how many people are going to have off for that? Um, yeah. But I'm excited. San Francisco is just a wee bit too far away from me for me to be able to justify going out for it. So yeah, yeah it just is what it is. Uh, one more uh, thing that we have going on. Uh, I'm doing no shave November. Uh, as you might have noticed, I am fuzzy. I'm actually at the point of growing the beard out for this month where everything is itchy. Oh. And it is just the worst. Uh, I don't normally hit this point until the end of the month, but 
I didn't wind up shaving at the end of October. So I'm like already a good couple of weeks further along than I should be. Uh, you know, maybe I think, I think I briefly mentioned it. I think this morning I decided my first episode of dailies after November, I'm going to shave live on the show. <laughs> like just, just cause I'm making such a big deal of it being no shave November that I might as well. But anyways, I do no shave November to raise awareness for prostate cancer. So you should hop over to the American cancer society at cancer.org. Uh, jump over there and give a donation if you can. I will make sure that this episode has a link to it in the description below. Um, so hop on over there if you can. Donate some money. Let's fight cancer. Let's get rid of it. Uh, it's a nasty, nasty pox on humanity that should be rid. Uh, yeah. Outside of that, Maggie, is there anything else that you have to say? On Not that I can think of. And if you All remember, right. you know, stag after, do your... Uh research on your own and don't let your opinions be swayed by others including myself if you don't agree with me you're completely yeah, do, do right your own, do your, your, own, your own do your own due diligence and uh do that uh so yeah we will see you tomorrow um at this point i don't know what the schedule is so i don't even know who's who's <laughs> on it was supposed to be different people today too but yes I am not very shockingly. <laughs> yeah, shockingly. Uh, things things are changing. Somebody will be here tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Pacific. So be sure to tune in to listen to whoever's here talk about cool stuff. It'll be fun. I guarantee you, you'll have a blast. Um, but until then, I hope you have a magnificent rest of your day. Make good choices. Be good people. And uh, I'll see you next time. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.